name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. In the Gospel for the Feast of St. Matthew, Jesus calls Matthew to, quote, follow me. This illustrates how Jesus calls each of us personally to follow him. And this personal call is a stage in the process of conversion. We tend to think of conversion as something that happens in a moment in time. But there is a necessary process that can be observed in all relationships. People may talk about love at first sight, but the development of genuine love requires additional viewings. The call of Matthew took place in the city of Capernaum on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum is called Jesus' own city. Jesus was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth after his baptism, and he moved to Capernaum where he carried on an active ministry. Matthew, as a tax collector in Capernaum, had observed Jesus. He heard his teaching. He saw his miracles. And this experience of being in the presence of the Son of God no doubt had an impact on Matthew, surfacing his inner spiritual hunger and revealing the disorder of his life. Likewise, the first stirrings of conversion in us are typically prompted by an introduction to God's presence and God's word. The encounter with God and his word reveals ourselves, reveals our distance from God, and reveals the things that are are not as they ought to be in our lives. Conversion begins when the general spiritual awakening we experience becomes a personal call to follow and become a disciple. The call to follow Jesus may come to another person or the Holy Spirit may simply speak to our hearts or both. The call to follow Jesus is associated with behavioral change. We become aware of the disorder of our lives. The Holy Spirit calls us to change our behavior and live in a new way. Conversion occurs when we assent to the call, when Jesus says, follow me, and we begin to follow. And this assent is necessary. Jesus called the rich young ruler to follow him, and the rich young ruler said no. The experience of conversion of heart is essential to Christian spiritual formation. Historically in the church, formation has centered on teaching. The prayer book instructs us to prepare people for confirmation by teaching them the creed and the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments. The problem is this. It is possible to memorize all these things and never experience the presence of Jesus in one's life. Never hear his voice saying, follow me. This gap between teaching or doctrine and experience causes many young people to leave the church in high school and college and causes many adults to 
drift slowly away from the faith over time. This is why both evangelism and formation should focus on leading people into an experience of God's presence through prayer and not merely on teaching or arguing about doctrine. People need to be taught how to hear God's voice. In the Old Testament, Samuel was given by his mother to the temple as a young boy, and he learned about God. However, it wasn't until God personally appeared to Samuel and called him by name, Samuel, that he became a follower. And Eli, the priest, had to teach him how to hear that voice and how to respond to that voice. The call to follow me is open-ended. There is no stated destiny for our following Jesus other than the goal or telos of resurrection and the life of the world to come. Consequently, if we stop listening, if we abandon the active conversation of prayer, we will lose our way. Our faith will be reduced to religious activities and rules, which we will have trouble keeping apart from a living relationship with Jesus. Over time, enthusiasm diminishes in the life of faith in a way that is common to all relationships and activities. The infatuation of love in one season gives way to intense frustration with the same person in another. We are so excited to play the sport until we are running laps at practice or enduring two-a-day practices in the scorching August heat. The zeal and excitement of conversion gives way to daily cross-bearing, putting to death the old self and learning to walk in new and uncomfortable ways. This is why the church views conversion as an ongoing process. Conversion is perpetuated and completed by persevering in following Jesus through trial. Jesus was baptized. The Spirit descended upon him, and the Father declared him to be his beloved Son. Then he was sent into the wilderness to be tempted and tested. We have extraordinary experiences of God's presence in one season. Then we struggle with sin and temptation in the next. This is normal. To grow in our faith, we must resist the cultural sentimentality that requires faith to feel good all the time. No real relationship feels good all the time. We persevere in the ongoing experience of conversion through a balanced focus on discipline and personal relationship with Jesus. Discipline is the pattern of prayer and fasting and feasting that shapes our lives. Discipline is what helps us persevere through the dry seasons. Personal relationship means never forgetting that the goal of discipline is deeper union with God in Christ through the Spirit. 
Spiritual disciplines must become a means of experiencing God's presence and power. As Psalm 95 says, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Mature faith perseveres in the disciplines of prayer and also learns to hear the voice of Jesus in the disciplines, calling us each day to follow me in new ways. Now, a central aspect of the call of St. Matthew involves money. Money is the theme of the collect and lessons for the feast. Matthew left his tax business to follow Jesus. Our statue of Matthew has the coins of his tax business on the ground he's leaving behind, and Matthew's taken up his pen to write the gospel. Because our world is permeated by a focus on economics and money, following Jesus with our money is a significant barometer of faith. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There is a modern tendency to separate life into a religious sphere and a secular sphere. Faith in this model is reduced to an insurance policy against a future hell or a 911 call in time of need. But Jesus calls us to follow him in every area of our life. The failure to allow faith to touch everything is the reason faith has so little impact on many people and indeed on our culture. Following Jesus with our money begins with the practices of tithing and generosity. To tithe is to give God the first tenth of our income in acknowledgement that all we have belongs to him. To practice generosity is to live with an open hand, always ready to give freely to others as God gives freely to us in Christ. Matthew left all his money behind. The follow me part of tithing for us is the constant dedication of our money to God by giving back to him the first part of everything he gives to us. The first part represents the whole. When we give him the first part, we commit all of our money to him. Some people question the 10%. Some argue that it doesn't apply directly to our setting. I've never changed my preaching about tithing, about three and a half decades, for one simple reason. I've never observed a single case of someone who tithed from the right motives and persevered in the practice who was not substantially blessed by the discipline. I'm unwilling to take that source of blessing away from people. God is just so faithful when we commit ourselves to him. The key principle of the tithe is that the first part given to God must be a real sacrifice. This is the virtue and wisdom of the 10%. It is substantial, but not impossible. 
Of course, the sacrifice varies by person. For some people, 10% is a real sacrifice. For others, 10% may not be that big of a deal. They may be called to give more. The principle of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8 can guide us. Quote, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give the purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having a sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Corona tide has been a difficult season financially for many, and the church has had its own bumps in the road. The answer to the financial challenge for us individually and as a church is the same. It is to continue to follow Jesus, to be constant in faith and faithfulness. When times are difficult, Our giving is a sign that we trust God to provide for us. When times were prosperous, our giving is an act of gratitude for the blessings God has given us. God is always faithful. He will provide for the church and her members as we listen and respond when Jesus comes to us each day and says, follow me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.